0: Every once in a while, you meet someone who indeed looks like a fabled character. They can be exceedingly tall and burly, like a Paul Bunyan, or exceedingly powerful and muscular, like the Norse god Thor. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, and I believe to better know the town that you live in. It's a must to hear what our neighbors are saying, to hear their stories, if you will. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. I started it so that you can get connected just a little deeper in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview anyone that we find is doing great work and impacting our town in positive ways. So you'll hear from authors and artists, entrepreneurs and doctors, civic leaders and others share how they chose their profession, what they're working on now and what their plans are for the future. My guest today is strength athlete, bodybuilder and gym owner at the Asgard Training Center in Bradenton and folks when you visit their instagram and facebook pages you'll see what i mean about bryce looking like thor bryce is going to share with us how his father had such a big influence on his sports life when bryce decided to open his own gym in the bradenton area why he decided not to go with a franchise and why he chose to go with the strong man type business model instead of all the other gym options what his take is on nutrition to build strength What surprised him most about owning a gym, where he hopes to take Asgard Training Center going forward, and how you can find out more to see if this gym is right for you and much, much more. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to listen, to learn, and connect. Bryce Johnston, owner of Asgard Training Center. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thanks, Bob. It's a pleasure to have you on. I, I will say, you know, typically when I get somebody on the podcast, well, always want to get somebody on the podcast. <laughs> I always like to go to their Facebook page, their website, their Twitter or Instagram, whatnot, and do a little bit of research to find out, uh, you know, about their background. And, and I will say as a, I wouldn't call myself a gym rat. Uh, I, I don't do what you guys do, but I'll tell you what, you know, at Asgard, you guys really get after it with some of the, uh, you know, the strongman uh, lifting and whatnot with uh, log lifts and, you know, heavy duty stuff. I'm I find it really fascinating, place that you have there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We actually began. I mean, it, you go way back. My dad owned a gym in the early 80s called Ironworks, and it was oh, in cool. uh, Southeast Kansas, a little town called Coffeeville, which is actually where I was born, Coffeeville, Kansas. So, despite the appearance, I'm not from California or Sweden or. <laughs> wherever else (laughs) for 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 our listeners i mean bryce is completely blonde
0: he looks like he's from sweden or something like that with a blonde blonde beard right a little little red in there i'm jealous because mine would be all gray but go ahead
1: (laughs) but uh he my dad he he competed in the mr oklahoma in the in the early 80s and i think he placed maybe 11th or so you know he's he just went to dabble in bodybuilding and so he, he it came from my dad. He's always been really into bodybuilding and, and physique and the golden era, Arnold and Lou Ferrigno and Colombo and those guys from the 70s. Yep. So that's really how Asgard training center got started. start. He, he wanted to have a gym at some point in his life. And after we moved out of Kansas and moved down to Florida through Kansas City, there was a long period. And I started high school down here. There was always this talk like, you know, someday I'd like to open up a facility. And, and a bodybuilding gym really uh hardcore but yeah. we want to we want to bring in competitive bodybuilders and and have all this equipment that uh goes along that line so what you that's see cool. in the footage i put out a lot of my highlights are the strong man and the and the big heavy exciting lifts yeah like these pe- 100 pound sandbags 200 pound oh, sandbags oh, yeah. i mean those are incredible i got a guy who can nearly do a 400 pound log lift yeah, and that's it's incredible. you know overhead he has to Get to his chest and press overhead, but um, what what surprises folks the most when they come visit the place? They're expecting it to be just a grungy kind of strongman gym. They go, "Wow, I didn't realize you had so much machinery." And yeah. it's, we have sixty or so machines. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit, yeah. I wanna, I, and I do
0: want to get into to to you know how's it different from some of the other gyms, some of the franchises out there, or CrossFit, or because there's a lot of different business models out there and when people go to your sites go to your social sites and whatnot they'll see it's a very nice gym but we got it we got it a little bit ahead of ourselves one question i always one of the things i like to start off with is is to let our listeners hear
1: something about you that most people don't know what is that (laughs) probably the most unknown thing is i I played the saxophone in middle school and <laughs> and I can still pick it up and play a little bit today. I, the problem is I have the old reeds from middle school and they're all dried out and you can't hardly play them. So I, I have a Yamaha YS, uh, 62, uh, alto sax, and I'd like to break it back out and start playing again. That's funny.
0: A strong man on the saxophone there. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, 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 folks, when, uh, when you do go to Bryce's social uh, sites and whatnot, I mean, uh, Bryce is jacked. He he makes me feel very insecure, <laughs> but it's a part of the lifestyle and, and the business that he's in. So, d- talk a little bit more about your your father's influence in your sports life, because in high school you you set a number of records, mm-hmm. and then you went on to play uh, you know football at Georgia Southern. So, I mean, you you know really athletics has been a big part of your life. So, so share with us a little bit about you know again your father's influence and and just. I mean, was it was it just you and your brothers or sisters or what? I mean, was it just always just a part of the kind of the household discussion?
1: Yeah, I, I have an older brother. Uh, he's four years older than I am, so he. It's funny. He he started playing uh, baseball, and I think he started out playing what they call kid pitch, where it's not t ball, it's not the coach throwing you the ball, it's not right. the machine. He literally started when he was seven or eight, yeah, and yeah. it was other kids throwing the ball where i started earlier i was four years old and I, my dad took me to the mall up in kansas city and said you're gonna sign up and play coach pitch and i was screaming and yelling i don't want to do it i hate it he goes you're gonna play one season if you hate it you never have to play again he goes but you're gonna play one year and i just hate it and and the funny story was the my mom tells the story well i was we're at practice and they're going all right guys you're gonna do a fake swing and run down the first baseline And I I go through a couple times. I'm kind of just jogging down the baseline real slow. And they're like, all right, good job, Bryce. You know, all right, next. And I get finally through like the third time around. My mom goes, Bryce, this time you got to run, (laughs) run like you're, you got to go. And I go, oh, and something like the, the, just like you see the videos now, it's like I flip the switch and I go, let's go. And I do my fake swing and I ran and there was like an audible gasp from the parents. Like what? this kid can, I was just like, I was a rain, just a deer flying down the baseline. Right. 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 And it was like the first moment in my life where I showed my athleticism. And right. I was, I ended up being a running back through high school and college. You know, foot yep. speed was like kind of my gift at birth. You could just run fast. And I've been out, ran, two times maybe in my life and both those guys and, are nfl running backs now <laughs> so I, you know i was involved with i was involved with
0: high school sports as well but
1: man i have two cinder blocks
0: so <laughs> I, I i envy you because boy sports is all about moving the body and getting get, you know getting off the uh you know it's, it's about running fast actually i you know I, i'll tell with you and I, I know this is your time but i you know you you brought back a memory i haven't thought about for decades I'm the youngest of three brothers. We pay. We played a pop not pop Warner. We played, you know, little league baseball, whatnot. So my brother's eight years old. No, seven years old. And so, you know, the kids at that age, you know, their attention span is about you know nine seconds. And so he's at, he's out in the, uh, uh shortstop or whatnot, and he gets bored and he sits down, he pees his pants. <laughs> So he sits oh, no. down in the dirt, and when he gets up, he's got this big old brown patch on the back of it. And so, mm-hmm. but, but my my parents used to laugh about that, and uh, <laughs> it was just a you know part of the Williams history and whatnot. But those, er, those early, you know, those those early memories, just like what you are talking about, are very formative. Oh yeah, It really can set you going for the rest of your life. And so, uh, when when did you actually start lifting weights then?
1: Well. <laughs> Usually you would say, oh, 12, 13, you know, maybe late middle school, high school. But again, I got started into sports at four. And I think it was no more than a year later in Kansas City. We have basements. So I'm in the basement and my dad, brought my brother, <laughs> Not he Florida. was eight. So I guess, or, or nine at the time. So he was just old enough to begin kind of exercising. But we had some of the leftover weights from my father's gym in the 80s. Ironworks and uh, <laughs> some dumbbells, stuff that actually exists in Asgard Train Center today. We have the same bench, the same cool. one ten yep. pound dumbbells. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I'm five years old, and it's like, all right, you're gonna do a, a dumbbell curl, and I, I sub the one pound weights. I'm those old York seventies weights. I had and I them. I was curling them, and em. I was doing the bench press. And then by six years old, my dad got me up on the he's he kind of like he used JB weld. Not he didn't have a welder, and he basically welded. Yep a, uh, a pipe into the rafters in the basement and he go, all right, let's do some pull-ups. <laughs> it started, I couldn't do a pull-up, you know, and he would have helped me. Well, by the time I was in second grade, so about seven years old, six, seven, we in gym class, like everyone's yeah. doing pull-ups. The whole class gets up there, zero, zero, zero. They have them do the flexed arm hang where they have to get head above the bar. And they're basically just going down right. and they last maybe 10 seconds. Right. And I was always kind of shy when I was younger. Believe it or not, I didn't. I didn't really even make eye contact. Like, all right, your turn. Like, last, get up there. I hop up there, just hop up under my own power, grab the bar. I do thirteen pull-ups, and I'm six or seven at the time. That's, uh, that's good. That's great. And the teachers just that's like cause
0: you, that's cause that's because you weren't one of those chubby little kids <laughs> the way I was. You know,
1: I don't know what I mean. It was a matter of having the practice i had been basically training for that moment in the basement for two years cool. and well, and then there's some genetic capability i did 13 yeah to my i've, I've searched the internet as far as i know i i have these two second grade world record for pull-ups <laughs> people don't believe me but it was 13 and i'd like to go back to my elementary school and see if they still have that jotted down somewhere
0: well, let's call let's call let's call the what's this Book of World Records and Guinness whatnot. Book.
1: Guinness Guinness Book of yeah. World Records. And you get can't you verify in there. it now, but it that's funny.
0: Well, let's talk let's talk about Asgard here because I'm curious I'm curious about why. And again, you know, um, and and I'm on I'm on your your Facebook page and whatnot. I mean, it's a very nice gym. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice training center. You guys have some great equipment in there. You have a lot of equipment in there. Why did you, when did you first decide to open up a gym? First off, how long has it been open and when did you first decide to open Asgard?
1: Uh, opened for business and I began sit exclusively personal training. And then I'd have a couple buddies that, that would come by and train, but I didn't charge them admission or anything. But right. personal training and all. So I left the previous job uh, in 2018, in October, November 2018. Uh, but really, officially, as people know it today, it was 2020. Man, prior, hmm. when we opened, we didn't foresee what would happen in 2020. We opened you know, January 1st of 2020, like here, new year, new me. And we had the place all ready for prime time. And then two and a half, three months later, the COVID quarantine, everyone shuts down. And then I started getting phone calls from everybody. Oh, man. And that's when it really blew up. That's when people, the name recognition, people from high school, people from all over the area, we're going. I heard about this place out in the middle of nowhere. That's they're open, and they got this crazy gym, and and it was kind of like a myth. It began, and and still, it it kind of that's the way word is spread. Is it's like this mythic place, kind of out in East Bradenton. Yeah. But uh, we we started planning the whole process probably when I shortly after I started college. So I started college in two thousand nine and right. two thousand ten or eleven. Is when we we had some equipment in the garage in my parents' home up in Ruskin, north of us here, and uh, said, "You know, we're gonna we should start putting together equipment for a gym." And we were throwing this idea around. My brother was involved. My dad was involved. I was involved. And then 2011, we finally went and picked up the first piece of equipment that began the whole eight-year run of going to Melbourne, going to Connecticut. There's equipment from 10 different states in the gym that we've just so made wh- road why, trips. Did you, why did you have to do that? I mean, why didn't you just go to, you know, one provider? Well, it's basically because we're so particular. Um, yeah. And if, and this might answer a couple questions. So you look at the corporate gym or franchise gym model. Yep. They generally have one, two, maybe three different lines. You know, the. Yep. you see matrix, you see hammer strength sometimes, although Hammer strength yeah. has kind of fallen by the wayside as the as these kind of cheaper lines, I think cheaper, have cropped up. Right. Uh Hoist, uh, Life Fitness. Well, we're very particular and say like we want we want the very best of everything. Yeah, not not just hey, we got a nice leg press and then we got some kind of this and that around the gym. You gotta make do. No, we want the best leg press, the best hack squat, the best bench, the best rack. the down the line, uh, every barbell I have, we have Ivanko dumbbells that are made in the U.S. Yeah, those are so great. Any machine you step foot on, any weight you grab in your hand, every every second you're in the facility, you're on the very best piece of equipment we could come by. And it took eight years, and then I've, I continue to add. I just got a piece of equipment last week, uh, a Nautilus uh, adductor machine that's excellent. And it's Nautilus says himself, this is the highest end line that we make. And uh, we have it, but and some we have some vintage Nautilus too, uh, three or four pieces from the late '70s that at the time and even today you have you can't compare. So Arthur Johnson, Arthur Johnson, Arthur he Jones. created that. Not yeah,
0: Arthur Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he really, um, yeah, he, he did some incredible sp- stuff back in the '70s. Why, do you happen to have a pullover machine? We do that. And it's funny, that's the a very great first machine. machine
1: we picked up when we started that's a our great machine. That
0: was the first isolate your, your lats. Isolate your lats because it's hard to do that otherwise. So we actually
1: have two pullovers. We have a Body Masters and Body Masters, the history on it, it, it was owned by a bodybuilder named Boyer Co. He was Mr. America in yep. uh, the late seventies. Yes. Known for his crazy biceps uh, and lack of abdominal Uh,
0: definition (laughs) and he was an arthur jones kind of disciple i mean he was at his training center back in the 70s he and um uh, the menser brothers i think the Menser brothers were back
1: there during that time yeah yeah so So the first machine we picked up was a body masters pullover body masters owned by boyer co he was able to receive the license from arthur jones to replicate the cam the the nautilus cam is what made the nautilus machine so iconic and, and so different in the field. Well, Biomasters masters was started in the seventies as well by a disciple of Arthur and Arthur said, Hey, we're going to license out our cam design to you and you alone. So, okay. First, first machine we purchased in 2011 was a Biomaster pullover. And then a few years later, we found a women's pullover, an, an original Nautilus that, uh, they set side by side. So I don't want just the women to be without women usually have narrower shoulders and shorter arms. Yeah. So the pullover is very tight fit. And, um, we have one that fits men, one that fits women. So again, That's so particular cool. that it's like, well, we need one of each a his and hers and That's the women cool. love it. My, my clients, they really love it. They go, man, I've never felt my upper back. Uh, yeah. I go, these are the the bikini yeah. muscles, you know, he show that upper back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious, you know, I mean, you know, CrossFit has been all the rage right now. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there's anytime fitness and, you know a lot of different franchises why did you again was it your father's influence that kind of made you go this direction i mean why did you kind of go to the strongman type
1: gym uh model well when it when we started kind of the it started with we got to collect this equipment first we have to have equipment but we started looking into how can we do this well we looked at lease leasing a commercial space we looked at moving back to kansas city that was discussed oh, wow. and, and buying property up there and having like a a training compound, you could say, and there's a sure. there's a need up there there's bodybuildings big in Kansas City, yeah, um you think of the coast, but really midwest has people are in in all indoors all winter so what they have to do but but lift weights. We looked at Metroflex, Maybe maybe Ronnie Coleman, you know the legendary Ronnie he trained at Metroflex in Texas well, have you ever been there? i haven't it's a place I'd i ha- like to- i haven't even i i know of ronnie coleman
0: i mean you sure. see it on youtube and whatnot so he's he's of course
1: iconic in, in bodybuilding i have a couple members that used to live in texas one tr- one guy uh well named her his name's cody montgomery professional bodybuilder he uh he trained at the not the arlington metroflex but there was a metroflex in uh, yeah dallas i believe yep right um yep. metroflex franchises out but their franchising okay. fees we we called we, my dad got on the horn with Brian Dobson, owner of Metroflex, and said, how does that work? And, and what are your fees? Do you have stipulation on what equipment you allow and this and that? And for a, a period of time, we considered doing a, a franchise Metroflex, and then we'd have all of their, their signage and all. And, and even from the beginning, I was the one that said, well, I always called my home gym Asgard just because Thor was my nickname since high school. Right. And, um, well, you look like Thor, <laughs> man. <laughs> and it preceded the movies. I must say, someone yeah. recognized the comic book character when they saw me. But before the movies even came out, we considered this Metroflex thing. I said, no, I, you know, I call my our garage Asgard. Like, if I don't want to be called Metroflex, I want it to be our yeah. thing. This is our. We're putting all the work in. Why do we want to give the the name and the and all the notoriety to Metroflex or? You know, cool. if you go if you go anytime you go corporate or you do the crunch thing or whatever then then you're beholden entirely to the corporation and, and it's a really a cookie cutter in my mind we didn't just want to yeah. be gym owner we wanted to own something that was very unique well it's a, it's a trade off right i mean if you buy a franchise you get all their systems you
0: get you get a name typically that's well known mm-hmm. and so you hope that that's going to draw your your clients and your customers because of that name. On the other hand, you're doing your own thing. And so now it's, it's truly your baby. Yeah. So, so, um, I want to, I want to move on here a little bit because one thing I've always been a bit frustrated with, and if, if you look at me walking down the street, you go going, you know, that guy needs to get to the gym. <laughs> but, um, one thing I've always been frustrated with is I guess the nutrition aspect, because I've always felt that it's it's easier to get in a hard workout in but then you know you most people have certain nutritional habits they maybe food addictions they don't know about Mm -hmm. or just the way they were raised in a family and you don't eat what you need to in order to really kind of build the muscle lose the fat and have the type of body
1: that you want so what do you guys talk about in your gym about how to get where it is you want to go well I'm actually two and a half weeks into a, a prep for my fourth bodybuilding show, so I'm cool. I'm in the midst of that that diet phase right now, and you know, generally, someone says, "Oh, it's all about discipline," and I would agree. But going back to your first question, something a lot of folks don't know about me, <laughs> outside of bodybuilding, I'm not generally a disciplined uh, system like right. systematic oriented right. person. I don't take notes. I don't. I don't write anything down it's just, I don't know, it's just either not in my psyche. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, fortunately, I had the Dor- calendar for you guys, so I knew when to get on for the podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah, Dorian, yeah Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates, of course, who was big back yeah. in the uh-huh. uh, 80s and 90s and whatnot. I mean, he just, and Frank Zane going back to sure. the 70s. I mean, these guys took meticulous notes, but I mean, this, this was their job, right? So yeah. they had to, that was just their thing. Well, but so you, so you don't do it, any of that. When so it comes it, to again, the gym, it's great. interesting
1: when it comes to the gym and to diet, I am very systematic. Uh, Those things I do, I'm very diligent about, but outside of that, uh, you know, if my wife wasn't so great paying taxes and all the things we got to do, I mean, <laughs> I'd be a mess, you know? It's like, how I, do you guys then do nutrition then? I mean, what, yeah. what are some things you guys talk about? So I study exercise science and nutrition and the bio biochemistry and those sort of things. So I under cool. to get that kind of foundational understanding of how the body even works, you know, what's the difference between a mono and a polysaccharide. And it's like, I don't know. Those are just weird words, but you, you got to understand kind of the basics. Um, so it's, it's not all brawn. You gotta, you gotta have the brains to, to really make progress. I, when it comes to my, uh, my member's, there's like the strongman guys, they're the ones that go, oh, you know, I ate I ate out at Wendy's, I ate a half a box of donuts and, you know, I'm a strength athlete, I don't need to have this physique, like, why, why do I care about eating right. lean meats and measuring out my rice and all that? It's, right, clean it's, carbs. What you understand is, you know, the food contains micro and macronutrient. The micronutrients is your, your vitamin A through zinc and your minerals sure. and all that and the macros are the protein, fat, carbohydrates. And if those aren't in a certain uh, relation to one another, then you'll be sorely lacking. Let's say you don't have adequate protein and you do a very heavy deadlift workout where you're walking my 700-pound yoke. And sure, you you put this great performance in, but then you don't replenish it with the necessary protein to recover from exercise. So you end up stagnating. The next week, you'll probably struggle to move that same yoke. So it's like, hey, for performance... It's just as important as this for aesthetic to eat diligently, and, and you you might have a little more wiggle room, or you could have a couple cheat meals a week. You could have pizza and all that sort of thing, but it needs to be like 85, eighty five fifteen, clean clean, fifteen percent junk. Whereas me bodybuilding now, it's like ninety nine one. I get one cheat meal every two weeks, yeah. you know, well, it's I, all I, about that, appearance. <laughs>
0: I, I and I will say that i I've lifted uh, I've lifted for for years. And recently, and and given that, that your name of your gym is Asgard, you're probably going to scoff at this, but I recently <laughs> went plant. I recently went plant based. Okay, and to try and find plant based protein, which is basically soy and a couple of other things mm-hmm. out there, I noticed a significant drop in the poundage that I could lift. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are all machines. Typically, I do I, I do a few barbell moves and stuff like that, dumbbells. But typically it's all machines, and I saw a significant drop sure. in the poundage I could lift. So and I can't figure it out because I figure if you know if if you get the same amount of protein from plant and you have all the amino acids, mm-hmm. right? You have all the aminos that you need, why would there be a difference? But I, I and I don't have the answer to that. And you it's, don't and I don't know of anybody who competes in the world's strongest man competition
1: who's who's vegan. There <laughs> there's one guy, his name his last name is Maher. Purier, and he's i believe he's from iran could be wrong but his claim is he's the world's strongest vegan and to put in perspective he's very strong and and part of that is performance enhancing you know substances like all those guys at that level yeah even yeah even being the strongest vegan and he's 300 plus pounds his best deadlift ever was something like 830 40 well, Which that's is incredible, but that's not. It's not it's top entry level. Living yeah, living. yeah, when they do this deadlift yeah. championships, they open at eight eighty. So he wouldn't even be able to lift the starting weight uh, against the big boys. But it's a very simple when it comes to the vegan diet, and I and I do eat more vegetables now than I used to because there's right. there are some benefit to vegetables, broccoli and such. There's the, the cruciferous greens and really the, the vibrant green, bright red fruits. Uh, your bell if it has a bright color. That's generally indicative of high antioxidant content. And when you exercise, your body produces the free radicals, which is oxidative stress. The same way my barbells like to rust, uh, your cells, in a way, they oxidize, they rust. That's right. you want to reverse that with antioxidants. Well, unfortunately, land mammals aren't generally high in antioxidants. However, they are high in iron, vitamin A, zinc, the B vitamins – Right. And all of these are goodies that keep the blood uh, nice and rich, nutrient dense, and and will aid in strength. If you have a little iron, you're gonna be you know the <laughs> anemia is no good. <laughs> um, there are a few. I'd say if you were gonna follow a vegan diet exclusively and you had no other option, I would yeah. stick with hemp seeds, hemp seeds yeah. and and greens. Hemp seeds are they're almost like you could almost call it like a meat and the same way you could call like a legume, almost meat-like, because the right. seeds are 30% iron by volume. They're 33% yeah, protein that's, by volume. That's they're very expensive, that's, <laughs> but yeah. they're, they're
0: great. And those are some of the things that, that I've had had to had to go with and whatnot, sure. but I'll tell you what, I sure miss a good steak every once oh, in a yeah. while and you know, a half a chicken and all that sort of jazz. I'll tell you what, in the time we have left, I do want to talk about uh, you kind of come back to your gym and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What, what has surprised you most about owning a gym? Cause you really don't
1: know until you open your doors, right? Yeah. Um, well, the unknown from the beginning was, all right, we're creating this thing that it, in my mind, my dad, my, my brother, our close friends that knew about from the early going. We, we know what we think about it. We love it. We're doing everything to our best ability to, to put out this product. Uh, and I, I'm different. I, I don't think of it as a, just a business. I mean, it's a business. I, I want to stay in business and make make my income and sure. know, support the family and all, but I don't look at everything as a business move. You know, From the early go, we could have gone franchise and, and probably doubled the profits and that we've made from today, but right. I wanted to have the best possible facility for training and changing your body. So the, the unknown was, what's the public going to think about this? What right. does you know, we're surrounded by uh middle upper class kind of folks that are probably more accustomed to the air conditioning, um, sitting watching television. What I would growing <laughs> up my dad would say, Get out of the house and he'd lock the door, go. And I'll unlock it here in a couple hours. Oh, here here's a jug of water. You and your brother just find something to do outside. So right. from the earliest age it was outside sweat, you know, you come in and you go, You 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 do everything right, then you can play some video games at night, you know, when the whole day is over. But you got to earn that. So that's that's my experience. Uh, that's not most folks' experience now. Most folks' experience is indoors, and our gym is open air. So you're getting we have cool. six foot tall fans that keep air moving, but it's not going to be sixty seven degrees. So it's like what what was how is the public going to respond to this? And it's I've been surprised. Uh, there are some folks who you'd look at them and go, oh man, this, they're going to be just like, you know, complaining. They're, this isn't for them. Some of them are the toughest folks you ever met. And then some folks, you go, oh, I bet this person is just a real savage. They come in there, oh, oh man, I need some air conditioning. So you, you can't judge a book by their cover. It mm-hmm. was, and I, I guess that's any business. Like how is my, how's the public, how's my customer going to respond to what I'm putting out there? And then we've, we've uh, pivoted and i've done my best to accommodate to make sure that folks are comfortable and and their needs are met and i listen i don't i don't someone goes hey like we bought this machine this abductor inner and outer thigh machine because i've probably had a dozen or if i if i counted maybe 20 30 people just last year go hey when are you going to get one of those why don't you have one of those like i use that and i go you know what we'll shift machines around and i'll go find one and make it happen. I didn't go, I didn't stick my thumb, my finger in my ear and say, no, I'm not listening. I got to figure it out. You know, I I never have it figured out as a business person. You just have to, you got to listen to your customers. So that's my biggest learning is owning a business and just never done this before. This is all new to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Well, where, where do you, where do you want to take, um, Asgard training center? Well, I, what's the future look like for you guys? it's going to be a period of time where we stay on the property. And it's actually my parents' property. It's two acres. Oh, cool. it's, it's in an agricultural neighborhood, you could call it. So there's homes. Um, it's not residential though. So we're, we're in a position where agricultural you can raise horses, you can raise sheep. You can have, you can uh, raise your own meat there. We could, we could have <laughs> cattle. <laughs> I'd like to, to ship in some of those uh, Scottish uh, Highland cow, but they probably wouldn't like the weather. <laughs> um, delicious meat, but um, we we're gonna more than likely stay on the property we're at because yeah. you know we don't have to pay a lease. We own the building, we own the equipment. Man, that's um, great. We don't have to go. God, we got to make twenty five grand this month just to just to break that's even. Great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, we got that all behind us. They just keep Lakewood Ranch. all just keeps moving out our way and growing to the point where we're not gonna be out of the way here in the next few years, and that's yeah. gonna be great. So the additions we're making are in preparation for. The expected increase in in numbers, cool, in members and cool. clients, and uh, you know an extension where we actually have a a changing room and air conditioned shower, flush toilet. Right now we we're dealing with the portable toilet, the porta You know we we want to add some of those amenities so that it is comfortable for folks. That there's an expectation that again, the public has an expectation. Hey, can I change? You know, we're, sure. I got to go in my car to change. Is kind of the folks that have already been here since day one, they kind of know the drill and, and they get changed. They do everything before they come out and they, cool. they it doesn't phase them, but we want to, we want to be able to extend those, some of those luxuries to the, the new right. potential customers.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, d- depending upon the business model that you have is the type of client that you will, or, mm-hmm. or gym member uh, that you will attract and as we wind up here, I just want to make sure that uh, I tell everybody that you really, if, if you want something that's a little more hardcore than what mm-hmm. you're going to find out one of these franchises, Bryce uh, is located at Asgard Training Center. It's at 22207 27th Avenue uh, East, and that's in Bradenton. If you want to reach out to Bryce, you can find him at 941-962-9609. You can also find Asgard Training Center on Facebook. You can see some of the photographs that they have there. It's a nice gym. This Mm -hmm. is by no means a grungy gym. I mean, you got some great equipment there. I like all the uh, the Scandinavian flags that you have there. And also, you can find them on Instagram. And then also at Twitter, and if you just uh, if you just Google Asgard Training Center, you'll be able to find all that. But reach out to Bryce if you're interested in coming in for you know a look around, and because uh, you will definitely see this is more of a hardcore gym, and I think he's got something good there. Bryce, I appreciate you very much for being on the show, and uh, I'd like to do it again in a couple in a year or sure. so, and just find out what's happening at Asgard <laughs> Training Center.
1: Yeah, we'd love to see you out there. Come break a sweat. And <laughs> I I could talk all day about the diet. I may, the diet I may have to,
0: I, I may have to. I may have to eat some meat, you know,
1: before I come over to your place. So listen, the, hey, the, thanks. The again. The last thing to leave you with is when folks look at my online stuff, the probably first uh, knee jerk is, man, this is. I'm going to be a little intimidated, and I've literally had competitive bodybuilders say, "Oh, I'm I'm off season right now. I'm not in shape. I'm not strike I'm not ready." This, no. This is the proving ground. This is the place you come to build. Cool. There, there's. It's truly no judgments, and and I have a I have sixty year old clients to prove it. It's it's not a you got to be a dude. You got to lift so heavy. That's that's all the glitzy stuff we put online. But this is for everyone. It, it's 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 a chance to escape your day to day kind of sit down job and and kind of release. I say rage on, release that kind of savage that's in you. But it's it's a it's a whole other thing. Well, again, you have some great uh, photographs
0: there on Instagram of some of the clients that you have there. And I do see the different age levels that you yeah. have. So, everybody, uh, please check out uh, Asgard Training Center. And listen, I appreciate you all for listening and giving us a half an hour of your life. Bryce, let's do it again in the future. All right. Thanks, Bob. It was great chatting with you. Hardy, Bye bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to SarasotaStories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect.